Hey, y'all. What's up? Street Fight Radio is here. Late night edition. We were busting out some extra content for next week when we're not going to be here. That's right. We are heading out this Saturday. We're flying to Denver, Colorado. We got a live show on Sunday in Denver. We're going to hang with the gang 10,000 feet in the air. Uh, Love that chopped and screwed version of the theme song. I don't know if it comes through or not in the final recording. But Denver, we're going to be live this Sunday doing a show, writing up bosses, listening to your work stories about small business tyrants. We're going to be in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico on Tuesday, the 21st. We're going to be in Phoenix on Wednesday, the 22nd. And then we're going to be in Las Vegas on Sunday, the 26th. Right? Ooh, that's four days off, baby. Yes. <laughs> we're going to be hanging around in Vegas. I think, uh, you know, drug scientist Chi is going to be in Las Vegas, reportedly. Really? Yes. Yeah, I think there's some real luminaries coming to Vegas, actually. Yes, so it's going to be a great show. You can get those tickets at store.streetfightradio.com. Pay the money. We'll put you on the list. Show up. Have a fun fucking time. Hope you all are ready for a live street fight. But it's Wednesday night. Time for a basement show street fight. Um, Thank you for being here on the stream. You can watch and chat live with the show by going to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. Get in there, hang with the gang, act orangutan, you know, do your, oh, da- do your damn was, thing. If this was 10 years ago, you could say, let your nuts hang. Yep. Well, you, well, you could yeah. let your lady nuts hang, too. Yeah, let, mean, your let, labia, your, whatever let your nuts. labia hang. Yeah. We all got nuts. We'll just say it that way. Sure. Uh, how are you, buddy? All right. I had a little bout of food poisoning for 24 hours. Just kind of exited. I kind of beat the shit out of that thing. And it beat the shit out of me. And then we then it was over. I had to uninstall the bidet this week. And I'm just having the worst week of my life. Why? Did it, start, did it leak a hole through the no, fucking ceiling? My, my landlord's changing my toilet. And he was being a baby about there being a bidet. So I took it off. And I'm going to put it back on after he changes the toilet. So this is now like, and micro. He's now being aggressive. He, hey, you want to mess with the toilet? Oh, it's my toilet. I, I picked the toilet. Yeah, he uh, did. He buy. Why didn't he buy one with a bidet on it? He brought me a fucking form to sign as part of my lease, saying mm, that I'm responsible god, for it. And yeah. he was kind of just annoyed with the whole thing. And it was just like, oh god. Now this is thing that brought me so much joy that cleaned my booty hole for me really well. Yeah. That I was like really getting good at. I was getting like it took me a little learning. Of course, curve, of course. But I was starting to get to the point where it was like, well, this thing is squeaky clean. Yeah. You know, uh one thing you could try is like a squeezy bottle filled with water. Yeah. Just, just keep gonna, that right by like tucked behind the, the commode. I figure when I get back from vacation, he will have changed the toilet and I can just reinstall the thing. Okay. I, not vacation from tour. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Like on a vacation. That's like the opposite. My whole life's a vacation and tour is the only time I work. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he uh, freaked out about it. It's whatever. I, you know, I, I installed it pretty well. It wasn't leaking or anything. It wasn't a bother. It was just, I don't think he liked it that I put it in. Yeah. I had a weak parenting moment this morning. What did you do? I had to take Charlotte to school, which I do pretty regularly, but uh, Erica does a good job of having a routine together where they get to get, get ready and it makes sense. For me, it's like always a fight, you know, and she's like dragging herself so slowly. Um, this morning, uh, 
she I make her French toast sticks and chocolate milk, and I go upstairs to go get some stuff done. And when I come downstairs, I can see her like looking up at the stairs, like seeing me. And as soon as I come down, she goes, Oh, oh no, what happened? And there's chocolate milk all over the ground. Oh, geez. oh my God, this just happened. It just happened. She was like waiting for me. And I was like, go grab a nap. I was like, you grab a towel immediately. That's what you do in this situation. Grab a towel immediately. So she's like, oh, what? I don't know how this happened. I was like, I don't care how it happened. Just go get a towel. Move. I was like, just start, just get out of this. Go get the towel. She comes back. She's wiping it wrong. Now, just, I didn't get mad. She doesn't, she's not good at wiping. So I did show her some, I showed her how not to like push the chocolate milk across the fucking floor. Right. Yeah. So I'm showing her how to do this. And also like, can you telling her, can you please get your shoes on? So she goes to grab something on her sock and she knees me right in the fucking eyeball. Ah. Like My eyeball is open and her dry pants touch my cornea. Mm. And like it hurts so fucking bad that I just swing my arm up and I go to knock her over and there's like bikes and shit in my house and plants. And then so I I, I like bat her away. I feel her fly away. And then in order to prevent her from falling, I like grab her by the leg and like in like a fucking death grip to just get her to stand still and stop like ruining everything. And I felt pretty bad about it. She was like I pinched her and I didn't mean to do it. But we had to have like a, a sit down and I had to apologize and shit. Yeah. But it was just one of those moments where I, I was not trying to be awful and I was getting pushed to the edge. Yeah. I mean, it happens. And it wasn't malicious. It was out of, it was literally like I had to hold her in place before she kicked over more chocolate milk and knocked over the bikes. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I, I was like that in the past. I mean, oh, for sure. Just, you know, they drive you a little bit fucking crazy and you're like, ah, ah. Right. I'm mad about this. I yeah. mean, most people you can yell at. It wears thin. Yeah. It sounds like she's learning how to lie, which she is, is really cool. She's manipulating. Um, she does now sometimes, <laughs> which she, we've now had to have the like uh, girl who cried wolf story with her because she's like, my throat hurts. Like as soon as something doesn't, she doesn't want to do anything. She's like, my throat hurts and my stomach hurts and I have a sprained ankle. And nice. I'm like, okay. This is all onset very rapidly. Yeah, yeah. My daughter used to get sick a lot out of yeah, nowhere. Just and like, they were, uh, like, it sucks because, like, she used to do I'm sick so we didn't have to go do something. And then, like, there would be time. I remember one year on New Year's Eve, she called and she's, it's like 9 30 and she's like, I'm sick. And we we're like, fucking really? I had to go to her grandma's house and pick her up. But then as we were driving her home, she threw up in the fucking car and was like, damn, she was really sick. We were <laughs> right. mad as hell. Yep. Yeah. All the way there and all the way to the whole thing. We were mad as hell. But then she threw up and we we're like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You got us you there. did not feel well. That's funny. Yeah, I like it when they learn to lie. I like it when they learn that like, well, you know, most times in the past when I did something bad, I just had to cry. But now they're expecting a little more from me. What if I just said that I didn't do the thing right. that I did? Or what they want to hear. Yeah. That's con artist shit, though, to do the, what happened? Yeah. What happened here? I don't know. I don't know how this happened, Dad. Yeah. You know? that Not even smart enough to blame it on Gumball. Like, yeah. not even, like, this, she could have been like, ah, Gumball, you know, yeah. came in here, but she doesn't learn how to, like, do the real, real lie. Yeah, I felt know? bad because of Tattletale. 
came in and told us that uh, Charlotte was going to throw some stuff at a car in the oh. backyard. And Charlotte came in bawling, crying, and was like, that was a joke. I didn't mean it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, sure. Oh, she is going to, like, it's funny. I was that- just being preposterous about throwing fucking pennies at cars. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to be, like, really funny about tossing a penny. I wasn't actually going to do it. That would be I had I pennies in my hand. I pointed at the car we should throw it at. Yeah, that would be ridiculous if I did. I remember one time uh, me and my wife were sitting on a chair in my living room. And uh, he's like, uh, my daughter and her friend come running in the room with like a thing in their hand. It's freezing cold outside. I don't even know why they're playing outside. I told them they could come in, come running inside with a Tupperware in their hand. And they're like, dad, uh, mom, dad, look at this. Look at this. And they showed it to me. And it was like a little like wetness or something. We're like, what's that? And she was like, oh, it's my spit. Ugh. And I was like, well, you just came in here and showed us your spit. My wife was so mad about <laughs> it. But I was trying to be like yeah, laid back about sure. it. I mean, I'm just too laid back about it. We had a really funny moment on Saturday. Uh, my daughter had her friend come stay the night. And we're kind of hanging out. Uh, we were supposed to go do something. But then just kind of decided it's like, let's sit around and just hang around. Let's just hang around. You know, me and my wife were watching Better Call Saul. They were kind of hanging out in a room, right? And uh, one of the things we'll do sometimes if the kids are bored is we'll go get donuts at Buckeye Donuts. It's on campus. It's a fun place to go. Yeah. You go in there. There's cool kids in there hanging, cool college people hanging out. Right. And there's the donuts are just the best donuts in the fucking world. So you go in there. We go in there. We get the donuts. We're leaving. Her friend's phone is just ringing off the fucking hook, right? She answers it. Kind of doesn't do anything and it hangs up. It happens over and over again. It's a boy. Okay. okay. Boy's calling them. Wants them to come over to his house where there are a few, there are two other boys and a girl hanging out there. So the plan seemed to be to me an outside observer. All right. We got three boys. We got one girl. We have like two the, more girls over. Even the odds. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have like a whole boys and girls hanging out together party. It's going to be great. We're all going to make out. Basically, the boys were planning to make out. I mean, I did this a hundred times when I was a teenager. Like, oh, okay, here's how many boys. What's that? Right. And it never works. Like a lot of times it doesn't even work. There's a great episode of Pen15 where this happens. And one of them ends up with a nine-year-old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Hanging out (laughs) Because he was younger brother, a bunch of brothers over. Yeah, I mean, I know. And in my neighborhood, like there was a point where like fifteen and sixteen year olds like would hang out with you know neighborhood kids were fourteen and thirteen, and there was like a scrappy young kid that was nine or ten that <laughs> was also like smoking cigarettes and shit just because they were the youngest one. They were the the young pup, the young buck, <laughs> right? <laughs> So uh, they're putting them on speaker and having them talk to me as like a joke. Yeah. You know, they think it's hilarious. Like, oh, this this young teen's calling. He has to talk to Gwen's cool dad. And like, I was just saying stuff like, yeah, buddy, we're getting donuts. You know, we'll, we'll be home in a little bit. And he's like, you're getting donuts. And then they would laugh. And because you just talk to was, him. Yeah. They just uh, thought it was so funny that they were talking yeah. to Gwen's dad. Yeah. And they could act like idiots. Right. And a lot of the kids know me and what I do for a living. And they've met me because, like, I did a lot of volunteering until, like, third grade. And, like, a big memory among her grade is me, for some reason, telling all the boys about um, Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off of a dove and a bat. Okay. 
And they just, well, because that's a great story for fucking eight-year-old boys. You know, I know yeah. it's not, I know it's like a it dad. should be gendered. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's who I told. Yeah. You know, and, and, and. As, you, gotta, you gotta tell girls, you gotta inspire I girls I mean, I told too. whoever was sitting there. I'm yeah. just like, ah, you know, yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I was like, yeah, this is old rock and roll guy. Ate a, ate a goddamn head off of a bat. Yeah. Crazy story. You know? Yeah. And uh, they still remember it. So they, they really think I'm, like, really cool. And they know Gwen lives this, like, super permissive life where she can cuss and all that. She's allowed to – kind of all the gloves are off. Yeah. You know? She is cussing around me now. She is just wow. straight up. She was like I, – I don't remember. Oh, field day was the conversation today. And she was like, yeah, field day is coming up. And I was like, oh, field day rocks, man. Oh, best day of the fucking school year, right? And she goes, ass. Ah, not as good anymore. And I was like, what's wrong with it? And she's like, ah, super games. It's They don't do super games. And I'm like, uh, now super games is float inflatables that they uh, can just jump up and down in and go down a slide. That is not field day. But what and about it's like those, not a game. the sumo wrestler suits or like big glove boxing right. or well, like they had the, the American sumo gladiator yeah. jousting? Or they had these like really weird big big wheels that they rode on. I guess those things are sort, but they're not games. Okay. And that's not field day. And I said, ah, super games, you know, super games is dumb, man. Like field day is the real shit. Like that is what I told her. She was like, super games is the real shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm talking to an adult over here. <laughs> like they're just mad because they don't get to do inflatables. When in fact I bust their balls because they fucking have recess in eighth grade. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. <laughs> and then everybody would like cover by the door and they'd be like, get out there, go do something active. And like, we just want to like flirt with each other and shit. Right. That's we what just my niece. sit at a fucking desk and draw uh, the logos of our favorite bands in our notebook. <laughs> yeah. My niece was just, I like, don't want to play basketball. I'm not going to get fucking hot and sweaty out here playing basketball and football. Yeah. Also, I'm not going to do anything that's going to like make me stand out among people. Like I'm not, I'm not a basketball player. Yeah. And uh, if I looked weird shooting baskets, then everybody would make fun of me. And I'm definitely sure. not going to do that. I mean, we've talked, we talked about this last week about like my daughter's favorite musician in the world is Billie Eilish looks up to her and I'm like, ah, she dresses kind of cool. You know, she wears like Jinkos and big band shirts and yeah. shit. My daughter's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you don't have to go to school, you can dress like that. But if you wore that in our school, it'd just be over for you. And I'm like, ah, no, it would be mean you yeah. were cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as you're not an asshole, to be honest, you can dress or act however you want. It's when people adopt like an attitude that's like, uh, you know, shitty is when people don't like you. Yeah, so it was interesting to me because it was like, uh, and it's also fun. Yeah, like yeah. Know, we already had that conversation, right? She hates. Yeah, again, like she hates Super Games. Is pissed off about Super. But so this kid is calling and calling and calling. Come over, come over. It's it's ten p.m. Right. First of all, on a Saturday, I'm not against this. He lives five or six houses down, just like at the end of the street. I'm like, go over there. You know, if you want to go, go. And they're like, I don't know if I want to go. You know, one of the boys is kind of gross. Uh, the other one's like a weirdo. Uh, okay. Doesn't I sound good then. Yeah. <laughs> Looking said- at the stock you took here. <laughs> you got a bad- one of them had, uh, uh, I've, uh, this is like, well, this one boy has bad teeth. I'm like, why does he, why does he have bad teeth? And they're like, well, he says, cause he puked a lot when he was little, but uh, we all know it's just bad hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was like, okay, well, don't don't go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just stay home. Fuck Make it. Make decide. Yeah. Be you, you get to decide. So he calls again. They put him on speaker. He's like, are you guys like coming? And she was like, oh, we don't know yet. We're still in the car. Uh, we don't know if we're allowed, which they knew they were allowed because I let them do anything they want. And uh, he was like, well, I just got to let you know that if you guys don't come, we'll just get two other girls to come over here. Ooh, damn. <laughs> That's I, what I mysterious. <laughs> I was like, is he nagging her? I know. I was like, what kind of a play is that? We know yeah. he isn't going to get anybody else over there. And yeah, they, no, but we don't, they don't know that. They did, though. They no, called they him didn't pathetic. Know. Oh, like, okay. They were giving Good. him, like, no, nah, I'm not ain't getting it. But, like, basically, they're like, he ain't getting anybody else over there. He, yeah. We're the only people he's going to get over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was dying. I just was like, like that was the, I, there's no fucking way. That, yeah, you know. First of all, it's ten thirty at night by this time. Like the only kid in the goddamn district that's allowed to leave the house is probably mine. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was like I'm just teenage having teenagers is it's a whole new ball game, man. It's very very weird times. You also yeah. almost beat me at frisbee golf yesterday. Jeez Louise, I'm really coming wow, up. Wow, yeah, going yeah. after the crown. Yeah, I beat her. Though, I mean, well, of course. in the end, I came back and won. That's She's great. beating me until like the ninth hole, and then really tore it up for the rest. I, I couldn't have it. I couldn't have her beating me. Um. So yeah, that was that was kind of my 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 parenting time. I she did go. Somebody said like, isn't that like giving in to letting her letting letting her be manipulated by uh, terrible boys? But uh, my belief is that um she can make these decisions for herself well, and uh she's smart and i trust her judgment on these sorts of things yeah i mean as i would say that on paper immediately i do not trust a 14 year old judgments on this thing but if <laughs> she did immediately have the reaction that like okay what this is a game you're playing this in that this is pathetic or whatever then yeah i mean it, it it would feel like it would be my duty as a parent if they hadn't figured that out to say, you know, hey, don't feel bad about it. There's no competition going on here. This guy's just being an asshole. But if they know it, that's good, you know? And then from there, you can still make the decision. Sometimes you're like, well, I mean, he's an asshole, but I don't mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make the choice, you know, but as long as you know what's going on. I mean, we all made, you know, I think we all made choices that are a little bit weird, I guess. Well, and this is a kid, man. It's just you know you have you make a lot of bad choices for a while too. But you learn. Yeah. But I don't think like if I thought something bad was going to happen to her at this house, if I you know any really serious shit, you know, if I thought something like that was going to happen, you know, obviously I would have stepped in and be yeah. like, yeah, fucking, you're not going down, there. right? But like I know who this kid is. He's, he's sort of a like a lovesick kind of pathetic guy, you know. Sure. Always trying to make like TikToks, like he he's like really into like making viral content and shit. And I've seen him and I'm just like, eh. He's a lover boy. Yeah. He just has been in love since the day that he discovered that you fall. He's like, I think he reminds me a little bit of me as a teenager because like, I mean, in first grade, I had a crush on a girl that, that like was my girlfriend for the whole year of first grade. And I just, like I fell hard, man, for 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 girls constantly. Like yeah. I was in serious like crush mode 
for a very long, like in high school, I was just like, I would go home and like only think about this. Like I would obsess about it, you know, and be like, I would never be mean to her. I would never, you know, <laughs> treat her so right. Yeah. Which is funny because like the thing I'm, I, the, the, I did, the, I did. I was really very like that. Yeah. But that's bad. That's like that women is property thing. Yeah. Like I got to get me one. It's yeah. Like a pet. But, but, but the other thing that's been interesting to me is talking to her about like, oh, this boy has a crush on me. I don't like him. I have a crush on this other boy who yeah. doesn't like me. And like, it's very interesting to watch a person, especially a girl, because like, I've only seen my side of this thing. And my wife doesn't talk much about things like that. You know, I, I'm sure if I sat down and talked to her about her past crushes and shit like that, we would sit down and have, we could have that conversation. I'm not saying it's a closed off thing, but, uh, just watching that whole thing happen in real time, watching people discover, like, you know, people aren't property. Uh, just because you want something doesn't mean that you get to have that thing and 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 things like that. I mean, you know, she these country boys are in love with her. Sure. I mean, she is not into a country boy, sure. which is sad a little bit. Country boys are. Yeah, they, they can survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the, I, I mean, there's also a weird, uh, I think. You know, sometimes there's a weird immediacy that uh, at that age where everything feels like shit has to be epic right now or change or, you know, everything is so important. And it's good to see that to have the wherewithal of not just being like, oh, the first the first guy that says he likes me. I don't just like fall for him because that's what Wonder Woman did in the DC movies. And it kind of ruined the whole narrative of the character. I mean, I was like that, though. If Like, there were plenty of times where a girl would be like, where somebody would come up to me and be like, you know, uh, 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 Tressy likes you. And I'd be like, damn, I like her now, too. Like, suddenly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds kind of nice that you say it. Me and Tressy. <laughs> Brian, Tressy. It was every time. Was, somebody would just say, like, oh, this girl told me in the last class she liked you. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm like really into her now. <laughs> so, but I never did anything. I never asked them out because I was very afraid to ask girls to. I was very afraid because when I was in school, you said, "Will you go out with me?" And then once that happened, you were going out. That was your girlfriend, and uh, I always assumed that I would do this. Will you go out with me? And the girl would be like, ah, "Get out of here!" <laughs> Yeah. You hear what this guy said? And then tell all the other girls I had a small penis and I asked to go out with them. Yeah. And it was just like, you know. Yeah. I told you about my neurosis it's about the- peeing at parties, didn't I? I didn't like to pee at parties because I was afraid people oh, were listening into the oh, bathroom and calculating when the first pee hit the water and they could tell how big wow the boy was like, that's not a very throaty stream at all <laughs> that's what i thought this shit, I was... it sounds like someone's pouring a bucket from the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's, I... it's like one of those little cherub fountains <laughs> my friends were so mean dude my friends were like the meanest people in the fucking world you know jason's right here and he can vouch for me we were all fucking making fun of each other but like fist fights Almost regularly, yeah, people were right. getting yes. into it. You know, it's just I figured everybody was out to get me. That wasn't true. And secondly, not only was not everybody out to get me, but 
they couldn't do anything about it anyway because all my friends would beat them up. I was safe. But, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was a long time ago. Weird times in my life. So, uh, yeah, there was that was definitely uh, a thing that happened in my life. So, yeah, I've been having a good time watching her, though. She's she. It's fun to watch a teenager actually growing because that's the time. I'm, I don't remember being eight. You know, yeah. I don't remember being seven. I didn't remember any of that time. I'm doing that life. with Charlotte, too, where it's like I'm, we're cramming a lot of stuff in. And then I'm like, I don't remember being this age at all. Me like, neither. I remember f- one thing from being six. No, I don't either. I don't. I mean, remember, I could like, go back if I go. I guess I do remember stuff if I want to recall it. But like monumental stuff. uh, Very, very few and far between. Right. Like, I remember Disney World. Sure. It's a big one. And then smoking and then weed. <laughs> and then that was, that's what I remember. Like I, I remember, okay. I remember that. Did you we, go, do you remember doing schoolwork? Did you ever care about schoolwork? I don't you remember like I going and doing the schoolwork and shit. I was yeah. on the honor roll until the fifth grade, fifth grade, fifth grade was when it, I was on the honor roll. And then you the, just erased that time from your, you just erased the good days. I, well, they weren't good. I, I mean, like think, you were when you, you were know? interested in. Like, I can remember like two or three conversations. I remember a new kid moved into the town in the eighth grade, and I was friends with him. And I sat him down. Oh God, this is one of the worst things I ever did. I don't, I've never told this story. I sat this kid down. His name was Zane. He's listening to this show probably. And uh, this conversation from when I was ten years old has stuck out in my brain. And I said, so like at night when you go to bed, sometimes it just pops into your brain and you have to like say something to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. I sat him down on the curb. We were sitting on the curb and we'd been hanging out all day. And, uh, you know, he, he'd been going to school for three or four weeks. He's from California. He's from fucking Los Angeles. Right. And I'm like, dude, you know, I like you saying I, I, you're good. You're a good guy. You're a really fun person to hang out with. Uh, If you stick with me, I'll make you popular. And like, I I gave that's one yeah, of the man. only things I remember from that time was yeah. that like I thought I would anoint you were the shit man because I was in this thing called the Star Brothers. Okay, and uh, it was this girl at school who used to buy whole packs of those gold stars, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah, and she would anoint certain boys and girls, but most like it was like five boys and then like. 10 girls, right? Yes. You you were a star sister or a star brother. And uh, I was a star brother. I wear a gold, sto- gold star right next to my eye <laughs> okay. all day at school. And okay. that meant that I was like in... I was right. like in the shit. Like I was in <laughs> a it. very exclusive group of people. Right. That's another thing I remember. And then snorting Smarties because I think Jason might have mentioned it one time. We... we we learned about you. You would watch '80s action movies, and they would have cocaine in them. Yeah, and I always wanted to snort something. And then somebody said you could snort Smarties, so I sn- I snorted some Smarties. But other than that, like it was like all none of the memory. I don't remember being good, and I don't remember <laughs> like doing homework. I don't remember a single time where I took an assignment seriously at all. Like. So it's a bit different than what your daughter's doing. You talk about like eighth grade. There's a science fair in eighth grade, right? Where you have to do a big science fair project. And uh, I didn't even do mine. I I, I took a zero. I was like, I'll just take a zero on this because it sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) In seventh grade, I did make it to the city 
science fair competition. Damn. <laughs> I did, yeah. I didn't even do it. Uh, I had an idea, and then I, like, started to fill out the paper. Like, because you remember, they would hand you a paper, and you would have to fill out the paper saying what your idea what your idea is for your project, <laughs> yes. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even get through it. I, like, didn't even get through the paper. I was just like, oh, God, this is so much. I, my, my dad and stepmom were fucking so mad when I got my grades that time. I, I never forget two D's and an F. And they were, that was like one grade card. But then after that, it started to be like four F's. And like they would get the interim report, which would show the fucking percentages. And they'd be looking at like 10%. I was like, I would have a 10% in a class. And they would get so hot under the collar about it. Like, I was like, cool down, man. You ain't going to fucking send me to college anyway. Like, what's, what's the matter with what I do here? Yeah. All right. So uh, I have a story that I found this week, and it ties very nicely into what we've been talking about. So, uh, When students in Warwick, Rhode Island line up for the cafeteria next week, they'll have no shortage of lunch options. Do they want chicken parmesan melt? Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) Hummus and fresh vegetables? Especially if it's on the long bread, when they did on the long sub bread. Two patties. Two patties next to each other on the long bread. (laughs) School chicken parm. (laughs) Bold flavors. (laughs) Hummus and fresh vegetables with tortilla crisps? Pizza? Sweet potato tots? A burg? Something from the deli bar. Or in the popular all-day breakfast category, pancakes with a cheese omelet and a side of bacon. Man, what is Ooh, this that fucking is a school, fucking wild, That's a wild lunch. That is a fucking school, dude. I, we we only had two fla- two things. And then, like, I was just thinking you about this You didn't have today. a bar? We had a la carte once you started in sixth grade. What which, grade is it? What are we talking about here? We're talking about elementary school, I believe. Elementary school? School lunches at William Allen School in Rochester, New Hampshire. Yeah, it doesn't say the, the ages of this. I'll say no. this, though. Those uh, kids just need, like, Pillsbury Doughboy sweetbreads and fruit. Right. I used to buy a bagel and nacho cheese and just dip the bagel in the nacho cheese right. and eat it. Like, that was my lunch. It was a dollar. It was 90 cents. Uh, but for some, making a decision won't be necessary. Starting Monday, any student with unpaid lunch debt will be automatically given a sunflower seed butter and jelly sandwich instead of a hot food. Ah. The city school district announced Sunday. Officials told the Providence Journal that the policy is necessary because the district is owed owed tens of thousands of dollars in lunch money on top of contending with a budget deficit in the millions. But critics argue that since children have no control over their parents' finances, but when you say critics here, you mean like humans. Yeah, I like mean, decent people <laughs> argue that. Right. I mean, I we've mean, talked about this. We've talked about stuff like this in the past when they talk about like drug testing for food stamps. And even dumbass John Kasich has said this. It's like, well, their kids, like, they still have to eat. Yeah. It does. Yeah, he did say that, you know, you can't hold the children accountable for what their parents do. Right. Or what their parents' situation is. Right. Um, this is wild that this is happening because I thought that Obama had that program had taken care of a lot of that. I thought, I mean, my thought was that this shit has gotten so much bad press in the past two years or so that no school would be dumb enough to institute this policy. Yeah, this is uh, probably, this must be the suburbs somewhere, I'm guessing. Uh, and I, I don't know why adults continue this unless they just really are all in it for like 
Yeah, they, that's all it is. They they think that they're, people have to be punished. They think that that's the way that you correct people's behavior. It's just punishing people. I mean, isn't one of the, and, and I don't believe this shit, don't get on my shit about this, but isn't one of the arguments about North Korea's human rights uh, violations that uh, they go after your family and like, three generations or something like they yeah. just they go after your family and people that don't have anything to do with what you've done right <laughs> like, i know that they aren't putting these people in work camps or anything like that but like you're going after you are going after a poor kid like you're you that's what they're shooting you're for. kicking here i mean you, you the lunch people that are working there have to know the kids that are coming through that mm-hmm. their parents can't afford it mm-hmm yeah, and if if they're not paying it, that's the thing too. Is acting like they are tens of thousands of dollars in debt because parents have decided to take advantage of the school giving kids meals is bullshit. You know that the like any parent, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's one or two maybe, but any parent wants their kid. I mean, we all want our kids to fit in in school, and it's a. Yeah. I, I, you know, for people that don't have kids, you might not think about this, but it, it is a thing I think about. Like, I buy my kids, I my kids, I buy my daughter uh, Lululemon pants and and fucking Nikes because, like, I just want her life to to be easy. And- my, my mom did the same thing. She would go to <laughs> Schottenstein's, the discount place, and uh, I remember one time coming home crying because I had Payless shoes on. And then she was like, what do you need? I was like, Nikes, you know? Right. And then, then that was from that point on, she went and got a JCPenney credit card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> but, I that, know but that- it shouldn't be that way. I think that we should dismantle that. Right. I just actually read an interview with uh, Madonna on in like Howard Stern's uh, book that he had done. And she talked about when she was a kid, she, her first like six or seven up until eighth grade, maybe it was. She went to Catholic school where they wore uniforms. Yeah. And uh, she, it was uh, diverse. It was a diverse school, like racially, because it was inside the city. And uh, she goes to the school. And in, in high school, she had to move to the public school district where it wasn't uniforms. And she was living in the suburbs. And that's when she realized, she, like, she was poor. And, and, like, she was ostracized because once they started having to work, she was like, I didn't. I she was like I wore the same clothes every day because I wore the same clothes every day to the other place. Yeah, it it wasn't like a thing where you had to worry about how you looked when you went to school. And uh, you know, I kind of I never was a school uniform guy, right? And, and I still maybe am not, but part of me does. There is a little piece of me that's like I really wish they would. Mine is cool yeah, it, yeah. My know? my solution to the problem is to cut out um, the bobo and the half-assed and the cheap stuff because we make so many shoes that nobody wants that they only buy because they're affordable and because they're they don't cost a lot of money. If if we just knit, cut the market down to the fucking Nikes, Reeboks, Pumas, <laughs> the ones that people fucking want. And allowed people to get that stuff. We wouldn't be wasting time trying to make $10 pair of shoes because we're only paying people $6.50 an hour and they don't have, they can't, 
give up 20 hours worth of labor to get a pair of fucking shoes. Yeah, like a community pool of money to get the shoes or the shoes are just somewhere where you, you get a pair a year or, it's, so, it's, or it's, something it, like that. It's the same with the cheap microwave. It's the, There's a $20 microwave at Walmart right now. It will break in 15 months and you can go back. But if you will never have $200, $300 to get a microphone or a microwave that isn't going to end up just being landfill then you're just going to spend $20 a year like it's a fucking payment pl- plan, right. you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and why is it got to be sunflower seed butter? Yeah, because that uh, doesn't give any allergies. No peanut. <sighs> they can't do peanut. This is heartbreaking. My kid's um, school has, honestly, sunflower butter is fucking really good. I think you should, it's, but it's like ten ninety nine a jar. It's more expensive than peanut butter. Yeah. Because them little things are tiny, man. Trying to extract <laughs> and mashing up them little things. <laughs> but critics argue that since children have no control over their parents' finances, they shouldn't be penalized or potentially subjected to public humiliation because of their inability to pay. They throw away so much food at the end of the day, I too. Know. And I don't think they're going I, to make all that food and just throw away like a few trays of fucking chicken parms. I also think that adults uh, all know. That those kids eating those sandwiches are going to get made fun of. And and we... Yeah, I guess, they, but they don't care, man, because they don't give a fuck. Because even a lot of poor people end up just thinking that everyone should have it hard. And that you're, the pressure will make you into a diamond. Right, yeah. Uh, even so. the fucking people that never made it anywhere are still just believing that. Like, it should be an uphill battle, you yeah. know? So I just don't think it's fair to hold the kids responsible. Heather Vale, who has two children attending a middle school in a district, told WLNE. I think it's embarrassing to the kids because now everybody's going to know why these kids are receiving the lunch that they are. Although one local restaurant owner offered $4,000 to wipe out student debt, wow. her donation was rejected by school administrators. Every idea what? I had got shut down, Angela, Angelica Penta now, told WJR on Tuesday. You're not trying to solve a problem. You're not trying to solve a problem. <clears throat> The, you, you don't yeah. care about the money because you know what that was i was gonna that's what i was gonna say is um it's incredible the school that my daughter is a part of and it's k through eight and they do a lot of experimental stuff like borrowed from like montessori and arts immersion and all that but uh the people are so dedicated there and like we did a carnival on friday and they i mean it is a lot of stuff and they raise a lot a lot of fucking money and I have to believe that if you let people know that this they need this money, they can have it. Four thousand, four thousand is a, a lot of money. That's a lot of fucking money. I That's mean, a lot of chicken parms, especially with the food they buy for the kids. Right, exactly. And and, and they said it was ten. Uh, like I think they said tens of thousands. And, and if, if they you, turned it down, yeah, fuck that, man. And if and if you're, it's principle. It's all principle. It they it's puritanical, like fucking brow beating bullshit. And 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 you know we're just talking about one local restaurant owner offering four grand. Yeah, I'll bet you if like this is one of those things that the school could go out there. Yeah, and say like you know drum up some. Hey, we don't have enough money to feed these fucking kids. And I mean. Look, I'm not saying that all these small business fucking tyrants are going to do the right thing and reach in their pocket and give the money, but some of them are going to do it for the most cynical reasons, which is good press, and they will fucking do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, you could, I mean, they fucking sponsor t-ball teams and shit. It's the same thing, you know? They, yeah. It's, it's, and it's not, it, you're right. It is, this is for 
this is to punish those this, these parents are they're humiliating these children to get to these people to get to the parents. adults yeah. yeah 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 they're fucking with them yeah the controversy is the latest episode to draw and by the way before i even get into this next paragraph uh how could how can we how can we exist in a world where people say that sometimes breakfast and lunch are the only two meals a kid gets during the day because they're at school and we can guarantee those meals like how can we have how can we have that belief right like and then also do this do you know you know because i think that's a very common belief that sometimes i don't think it is you don't think so because i've heard it so often dude not not in my kids district but I mean, like, it is something that I have heard many times. The, like, even on the local I, news, I've heard oh, it I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I feel like some people are surprised to hear that still sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and the controversy is the latest episode to draw attention to what critics have labeled lunch shaming. In schools nationwide, students have been branded with stamps, given unappealing cheese sandwiches, or even had their lunch thrown away after employees discovered that they were in arrears. In 2015, a Colorado cafeteria worker said that she had been fired for giving free food to hungry elementary school students, one of whom had broken down in tears. Similarly, in 2016, a lunch worker in Pennsylvania quit in protest after she was forced to refuse a hot meal to a student he couldn't pay for it because he couldn't pay for it. As a Christian, I have an issue with this, Stacey Colt. Coltiska, the Pennsylvania cafeteria worker who resigned in disgust, told the Washington Post at the time, it's sinful and shameful is what it is. Now, that's the Christianity we like. That's, that's the good the Christianity. Good yeah, that's and, the one that makes sense. In Warwick, a suburb of Providence, close to 40% of students in pre-K through 12th grade qualified for free or reduced price lunches in previous years. While such programs are intended to make sure that no children go hungry, students nationwide often end up incurring debt because their parents make just slightly too much to qualify for subsidized meals, expert told. And this is why it needs to just be free. Yeah, it should just be all of them. Yeah, because this is that means testing bullshit. Well... And this is what kicks in, really, uh, where what happened in Columbus, and I, I believe this is this was an Obama era thing, where if in the district um, a majority, or once they hit a certain amount, if a certain amount of the district was on SNAP like assistance, then it automatically rolled them into a free lunch and free breakfast program. Right, but the problem is the, problem the suburbs. With that- where people do, like you said, make a little bit too much that aren't all on assistance, but you know, I mean, fuck, getting like the 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 making the leap from being on assistance to affording not is just so fucking wide. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just so hard to bridge that gap because once you once you're without it and other things cost, everything goes up. Um, it's a it's a it's just a terrible fucking solution when you like. We're paying people, we're paying bean counters, we're paying government bureaucrats, we're paying all of these people to think and spend their energy on this shit instead of just paying for food for the kids, right. you know, just yeah. having it be a co- the cost of school. You know, I had to, I talked to someone recently about like charter because, uh, you know, my, our district is getting failing grades uh, and we getting, we're getting charter advertisements on like Facebook all the time now. And, you know, they just don't offer, they do not offer the found, they do not offer any sort of like solid 
education or solid place that you can rely on. We had one earlier this year that fucking went kaput, shut down. Yeah, and then they didn't even know if they were going to, like, those kids. Yeah, those kids had to find, had to transfer another school, find another, like, uh, charter school or an online school or enroll back in their homeschools and and like just out of nowhere yeah and and they're running these things on a profit they're spending the least amount of money as they can on the kids and uh it's doesn't work you know i don't think it works i don't think it's the right thing but i also say i fucking hate the public schools and the testing you know my daughter is in kindergarten she's done two tests now like on a computer and um i don't think it's fucking necessary i don't think that uh this first year of formal education i don't know what the point of testing it is i don't think i see some really stupid kids in there and some really brilliant kids in there and you know what they what the outcomes of their lives are are have not you could never you could not take a test right now and tell me that you know there's a there's a way to say what's going to fucking happen to I, them you know i don't think that a lot of times they're testing the kids when they do these tests these are tests to test the, the teacher teachers. oh yeah. you flipped it on me man <laughs> damn but that's not fair either no because no. like you said i mean you said it in a dip there are kids that learn in many different ways and it takes kids different amounts of times to learn different things i and, was able to read at a very high level in the first grade. Yeah. Right. And it just reading was a thing that was never hard for me. I Mm. I never had to try. Right. And I just was always good at it. Math. On the other hand, I always had a ton of trouble with, and even in college, it took me a bunch. It took me a lot of tries to, to like get to the end of this math thing. And I ended up kind of picking up a lot of it, but I'm still not great at it. Yeah. And, uh, I just like to to test me to test us all on this like standard thing that we're all supposed to figure out at the same time when I mean just knowledge doesn't work like that life doesn't yeah. work like that uh, it, you just sometimes it takes a special thing to pop in yeah. your brain to get you to understand something yeah and and you know I don't think kids should have been judged. I, I don't think that in, when I was in first grade, I'm like, I always remember this. We did reading groups and uh, this is so weirdly sad to me, but they named the reading groups and they gave them names that corresponded almost with the skill level. So okay. there was the flowers, the dogs, and then the dragons and the dragons were the highest level. And I, I was a, a dragon and I was always like, well, I mean, but why can't the other kids be dragons too? You know what flowers I mean? and dogs are bad. I mean, but there's they're not no, dragons, my dude. Well, that's that you didn't prove anything there. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just, okay. So what I'm saying, they're all, they're all beautiful creations of mother, mother earth. That's true. So let me just, uh, then, you know, I just like, like flowers, they, they, flowers they, is all flowers, dude. Sure. They All shouldn't flowers. have to. Uh, well, here's what I'm saying. They shouldn't have. We shouldn't be tested at the same time. Does that make sense to you? Like, I picked this thing up really fast. Yeah. Okay. And I sat at a table with two other kids that were struggling. Yeah. And it, like, we had to take turns reading a sentence, right? Yeah. And I'm ripping through this sentence. And then the next kid. What? The, uh, another thing they used to do when I was little was uh, we would get a book. And then the class would read together and uh, yeah, they would have each student read a paragraph. And I just 
which we don't learn that way. Like the even I think at times even just the like grade levels and, and the, just all that stuff is the the public school system could be rethought in a way that is like once you have obtained this knowledge, you move to the next thing. Yeah. And that's that's how it works, especially if college was free and kind of integrated in that education. But that doesn't allow for counting metrics, for judging teachers, for making money on college. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, we're just trying to, like, what does it prove it, other than, I, I mean, I don't think it proves that somebody's a bad teacher if more than a certain amount of kids fail at reading in kindergarten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and it's also, I mean, you can't have 27 one yes. person can't be responsible for 27 people's education. Mm-hmm. That's just to be against the law at some point. Like it's 32, ju- I think, though. Well, I mean, I think the average class size that they, that I was talking to somebody is 27. When I was a kid, the limit was 35, and I totally remember that. And that was something they yeah. fought when they striked. Yeah, I remember at some point them having like people just like climbing the walls, you know, just yeah. in the classroom. There was no fucking room. You know? It was like you in- sit at the teacher. The most trustworthy kid has to use the teacher's desk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's just and but also, my it's cool. My uh, so my uh, daughter's going to have the same teacher, and she's in a class with kindergartners and first graders. So it's like an on ramping thing. They do it second and third, and then I don't know if fifth and sixth are, but I, I know seventh and eighth is when they separate them again. Which I don't know why. It seems like arbitrary, you know. Seventh and eighth is usually when they have to go to different classes. My daughter's actually filling out her schedule for next year. And oh, uh, she's in eighth grade. She's in she's ninth. Going into ninth. She's going to be in high school. Yeah, she's going to be in high school. <laughs> so she's got to like, pick her courses for next year. And uh, shit. I know. Shit. I know. Do you remember when she was. <laughs> I know. She's old. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like picking, you know, they got her. They got her kind of picking them. They got her thinking about credits. And she's melting down about credits because she's like, oh, what if I don't get enough credits? And I'm like, they it's set very it up so easy. it's impossible yeah. to not get enough. But You'll find out there's actually, it's kind of already set up for you. You just go and oh, fill out the info. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course there's like some variants in electives. Me sure. and Jason had a crafts class together. Hmm. I took crafts. That's when great. I was in school. I took so many bad Why would- classes, man. <laughs> Why would you teach that? It's like a, ho- I know. That's a hobby. I know. Hobby thing, really? I know. I know. What a waste of time. <laughs> Again, through, I remember it was me, Jason, and my buddy Steve. And uh, we were in a class together. And all we did was ask to go to the bathroom so we could smoke cigarettes and then make satanic stuff. And it was like, what? Like, we didn't want to be there, obviously. So, what? what's even. The goddamn point. Yeah. You know, she's getting study halls for the first time next year, which were very cool to me. I actually, I remember when I was in like Columbus Public, I did, I had in like seventh grade, I had like a real workshop class where we got to fucking drill press shit and, uh, you know, had like an angry shop teacher that made jokes about people losing fingers and shit I had, all the time. I had shop. And we did home act too. But when I moved to sub- the suburban place, they were all like college focused on everything. So they weren't really trying to teach you how to make shit and sew. Well, that's. Oh, a- I did learn how. To- I did make. I did have a home act there, actually. Well, that's a thing, actually. Uh, 
college that that is actually a thing with like those suburban schools like are very much about like placing kids in college i I know my daughter's school is like up in the 80 percentage of kids who go to college oh, yeah. after they leave the school yeah and, and like that's a meltdowns and only a third of them graduate i know but it's a big deal that they go from there to there like you you got to be yeah. in either band or choir at that school when i yeah. was in school you had to do neither one of those right classes, right man <laughs> so uh let's let's go to another teacher story real quick for decades seriously ill teachers in california have been forced to pay the salaries of their substitute teachers while taking extended leave what yeah yeah, you have to pay your replacement. You have to pay your substitute if you're sick out of your own pocket. Well, I, but this week that I, sounds like a fucking like <laughs> a, a want ad in a cowboy saloon. Like you're a hired gun. You should be allowed to pick your sub. You shouldn't be able actually <laughs> at any job you want pay somebody to work for you that day. You're, I agree with you. Oh my god! I no, this is my replacement. That. I'm paying him ten bucks an hour to, to come in today. He's gonna desk jockey for me. I make I make sixteen dollars an hour. I'm actually paying this friend of mine twelve dollars an hour to just do my job. I've showed him how to do it. It's all gonna be okay. He's got a driver's license. It's all great. He said it was a meetings day. He's gonna take notes. <laughs> I'm a I'm a field guy. I don't do the meetings. It makes me cagey. Jesus, that should be legal. Well, there's actually remember some programmer. There was there's people that have done that. Programmer people that uh, had these jobs that paid a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, and they were able to hire coders overseas for thirty five or forty thousand dollars a year to do their entire job for them. <laughs> That's great. That's beautiful. I mean, it's bad, but yeah, it's a very weird uh, Philip K. Dick situation. This next sentence is what made me want to cover this story. Like many terrible stories, this one came to light with a GoFundMe page. Oh, wow. Is that like parlance now? It, I think it is. Like people know. I think go I think I think we should the left in this country, maybe even me and Brett should definitely be barreling in on these GoFundMe's because they do tell a story. GoFundMe's actually tell a story, right? Like they 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 uh, say that we don't have enough money to get uh, insulin. Like we yeah. know that people are struggling with the prices of insulin, even if we don't know anybody that's diabetic, or even if we're like in a position where we can afford to pay for our medicine. We know that people are struggling with it because they're making GoFundMe's yeah. for it. Yes, and that's. Like, so much of how I would describe that America fucking sucks can be explained through saying, like, people are doing GoFundMes for X or Y. I saw somebody one time that just said, I straight up need, like, $1,000 for the rent, and I'm fucking, I'm just not ashamed. I'm just going to say I don't have have enough money, and I just need it need it and then people were like are you seriously doing this on facebook really? right now yeah yeah Someone i saw like a guy talking say, shit i ju- i saw one. but it was just seriously like give me a thousand dollars it yeah. was vague and just like please just give me a thousand dollars i saw one a few weeks ago actually that was a guy that was like my truck's fucked up and it's hard for me to get to work i need thirteen hundred dollars to yeah. get fix and yeah. he, he got it yeah because it was like yeah man yeah, that's go all in here dude gotta go all you in you know my yeah. truck's fucked up yeah, pretty I need much. My truck fixed. <laughs> I'm, you know, uh, for me, there's cheap credit or loans or whatever I can skirt around money. I can sell a collectible, maybe. Like in the past, I could sell like a record collection and and get 
you know, $1,300 for a car repair. Um, but that's not the case for everybody as a, you know, is evident on GoFundMe. Yeah. It's sad. Parents in the San Francisco Unified School District launched a fundraiser for a second grade teacher on April 25th after discovering, discovering that she was not only battling breast cancer, but was also having to pay for her own substitute. KQED reported about the teacher's predicament and the fundraiser shocking the local community and leading to a nationwide scrutiny of the law. Parents were outraged and incredulous. Like this can't be Amanda. Freed, a parent to a kindergartner and third grade teacher, told the Chronicle, "There must be some mistake. There's not a mistake. They get away with no, like they fuck. They don't give a fuck. So, like they are like it's paperwork to them. You're yeah. not a person. Yeah, and teachers are you're a people re- that they can take any because conservatives fucking hate teachers, right? Like conservative, they might like their kids, teacher." You know, even though, you know, Brett has, my parents liked all my teachers because wieners. Yeah. Brett's parents, on the other hand, I, our parents were way different than Brett's parents. (laughs) No, my parents, I wouldn't say my parents disliked my, all my teachers. They just were definitely would let you know the ones they hated. (laughs) They were on your side. Yeah. A lot. And they were always on my side. Yeah. I mean, mine, mine kind of like took the teacher's side every time, which is, again, we've talked about this, but you know, they, uh. They, they just didn't stick up for me, and and there probably wasn't no reason for them to stick up for me to tell you the truth. Yeah, <laughs> like why would they stick up for me? Right. But Eric Hines, president of the California Teachers Association, told the Washington Post that this has been the norm for sick teachers for years, symptomatic of a larger problem in California and beyond of underfunded education systems that end up burdening individual teachers even in their most critical time of need. He pointed to recent walkouts in Colorado and Oklahoma where teachers protested low wages coupled with high health care costs. What's happened to this teacher in San Francisco is just one example of the pressures facing many educators. And I do believe that when a community, uh, a suburb, let's just say a suburb, I I don't think, because your kid goes to a major city school and the cuts, uh, I I know there are cuts, but I think there's a larger tax base and and I don't know all, all the stuff. But I know that growing up in Groveport, which is a rural, half rural, half suburban sort of thing. When cuts needed to happen to Madison Township or to Groveport, those came out of the school. You know, like they cut school stuff. We There were a lot of times where growing up, the football players would have to have a car wash in order to raise awareness of a levy that if it didn't pass – they weren't going to be allowed to play football anymore. Yeah. Like we were just not going to have football. We we're just not going to have bands. There was a period when we were in school that- where they were talking about like no more busing to the high school. They weren't going to be able to do busing to, to the, the high school, school if, if they, they didn't pass, pass the, the fucking levy. levy. So, so, I mean, we I think fund these things, things terribly. Yeah. I think that no football might be game, though. I think they're just putting that out there as the thing that you can lose because that's the only reason people will, will put any money towards the school. <laughs> that's smart. So they're like, no, no, we can't. They lose, can't lose football. Football Friday night, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we've put enough. Do, do you think we put enough like stigma on weird, parentless? dudes that are into high school football too much like, no we haven't talked about that at all have no we? not me and you personally but as a society it's like hey, you're a little weirdo if you're too into yeah high school football at least in ohio in texas and places like well we're the same mass yeah we are they the love same. football here yeah we're 
we love to watch people, yeah, crash into each other. Right. So uh, there was a gay wedding on Arthur this week. Cool. The, the kid uh, show? Kid show. Cartoon. Arthur's still on? Yeah, dude. Arthur's never going away. It's a PBS show. They don't get uh, rid of those. Yeah, they don't have any reason to change it up. And the motherfuckers been... They had... Until they put it on HBO, they had Sesame Street forever. Yeah. They don't, They'll just let it ride, man. They don't sure. cancel shit over there. Right. They did cancel Slim Goodbody, which is a crime. Uh, Sebastian Gorka, the former Breitbart editor on White House 8, goes live every weekday from 3 to 6 on Salem Radio Network. On Tuesday, he provided a new raison d'etre for America First, the title of his show and the slogan for President Trump's approach to foreign policy, which was also used by isolationists and Nazi sympathizers before the Second World War. The reason? The 22nd season of Arthur, the animated children's ser- series about an anthropomorphic aardvark. What did, he, what did Gorka say? Gorka, who brandished the insignia of a historically Nazi-aligned Hungarian group called the Vizi Rend at an inauguration ball in January 2017, flew into a rage because the season's Monday premiere featured a gay wedding. Arthur's third grade teachers, Nigel Ratburn, exchanged vows with a local chocolatier and aardvark named Patrick. This is a war for our culture, and that's why we exist here on America First on the Salem Radio Network. Gorka's... We're <laughs> really fitting in the plug there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's a brand hey, cut new. Cut that out. <laughs> His co host, Francine. Yep, it's a brand new world, remarked Francine, subtly announcing the moral lesson of the episode titled Mr. Rat F- Ratburn and the Special Someone. The show made no explicit reference to the gender of the newlyweds, suggesting that their union is unremarkable. The approach won plaudits from LGBTQ advocacy organizations and glad congratulated Mr. At Ratburn on Twitter, adding a rainbow emoji. Like, isn't this like the. This is, I mean, for me. And I talked about this to my daughter, uh, James Charles, who is a famous YouTube makeup guy. Yeah, kitty pie. Uh, got in a lot of trouble about, you know, she said he was trying to turn straight men gay. Yeah, that's okay. evil gay. And uh, she was talking about it. And I said, ah, you know, in, in a, in a I, and this is not, this is a straight, I'll get to it. You want, we, we in the end, want a world where you're just attracted to who you're attracted to and uh-huh. that sexuality exists on a spectrum is not a solid thing for your entire life and that there's no reason for there to be a label on who you are attracted to does that make sense to you like uh-huh. is that the utopian version of sure. this thing and yeah. the reason there is an identity is because people were attacking those people. Yeah. And you have to have this identity so that you can band together and, and, uh, and fight back against the people that are attacking it, that, that, that we know that there is a, a group of people that are being attacked by horrible people. We know what that group of people is and, and that, that they're, they're, uh, they've been identified and we have to defend it. But in the end, we sort of want these things to be unremarkable. We yeah. want these weddings to, to just be a guy and a guy is not a gay wedding. It's a wedding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's, and they're freaking out because somebody in the show was like, <laughs> Sebastian Gorka wanted a guy to show up at the uh, wedding and Arthur and be like, I do not agree with this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> isn't, isn't there an old crank character? Where was the grandfather in all of this? Didn't he have a say? Couldn't he be object? <laughs> 
<laughs> like he's freaking out because somebody wasn't protesting outside the wedding. And yeah, and in fact, is people. And what's the what? And so let's say let's say this. Let's look at this. Like, what what are we teaching our children then? Like, what's the better place to be? To look at two people that make a decision with their lives that doesn't affect you in any sort of way, and it can be totally unremarkable. Or it can send you into a fit of rage and harden your heart and arteries and give you stress death. Yeah. I mean, I think that it doesn't, it does, there's no way to fucking live if other people's actions control you that much. Yes. Like you are. Uh, you are on living on by the whims of other people if you can't function with with being okay with not controlling or having to see other people's you know right. lived or experience not even like creating some sort of a, a a system of categories of people that every like that it's like almost like a flow chart right a a, a boy a person is born a boy turns into a man must end up with a woman and then and then a girl is born a girl and becomes a woman right. and they must get together and then create more and then that flow chart happens yeah. when like every single other thing in this world is messy and exists on a spectrum even like for these guys morality even exists on that kind of spectrum where it's like well you know killing people's wrong but if you have to kill people to make the thing that you want to happen yeah that kind of happens there's gray areas yeah you know? of course lying is wrong but if you have to lie to get something good to happen then lying is okay they can understand ambiguity in all of these places they can understand a spectrum but they can't understand that gender also is just an arbitrary category category that exists on a that that exists existed for no reason really there was i guess like no reason there was no reason for it to exist that i mean it doesn't matter it's yeah. not even important yeah you know i, I had to talk that with charlotte this week because she said something about she was gonna do something because she's a girl and i was like well i mean you know that's not really doesn't give me an indication of anything. Yeah, you know, it's girls and boys can actually do anything they want. You yeah, know? yeah, and 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 that's the same thing with sexuality. Is like uh, maybe you're not attracted to somebody that is not that is uh, maybe. I, and, and so and I'm attracted and married to my wife, and I love her very much. Uh, I would never say that like. I would never say that it's an impossibility that I would be attracted to a man or a non-binary person or, or a, another woman or anything like that. That that's like, there's no reason for that. There's no reason to to to. Uh, I I don't think there's any reason to identify that. In well, I mean, it's and it's just irrelevant. And these people won't give it up that they have an inclination. Of, and they want an answer from every single person to explain themselves, and they don't fucking deserve that. No, they and don't. they throw tantrums about that, and uh, it's not any of their fucking business. And and you know, if you weren't online reading about this stuff, if you weren't watching kids' cartoons, you wouldn't even fucking yeah. know. You you can go and hang out with a bunch of fucking old vets at a VFW <laughs> somewhere and have three dollar well or watered down fucking drinks and tell racist jokes and nobody bothers you. Like nobody's affecting affecting your life. Like you said, you said on the patent show about like people saying like I'm being censored, you know, like people I'm not allowed to say this. You know, I'm doing this comedy tour and it's like 
No one is stopping anybody from doing that shit. You have absolutely freedom to do all the horrible stuff that you're doing. You are now interrupting other people's lives. Mm-hmm. You can't be content with yourself and you're taking it out on other people. So it's, it's fucking in, you know, I don't know why we can't get them. I just, I, that's, I don't know. I don't know why we can't get them to just leave us the fuck alone. You no, know? I want to like put them on a boat and just send them out to the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Create like a big plastic island for them to live on where they can all just follow their arbitrary rules about everything. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying again, I, uh, I, I just see it. At, I see the way that Arthur handled this from what I'm seeing as being just a, a, a regular like they handled it in a way that that didn't like they, most people don't see it as a big deal anymore sebastian gorka like you're not in the majority of seeing something like this as a big deal this also isn't going to lead to some sort of a downfall of the american family and who well, gives a shit if it does well now i remember back in the day there was like a minor movement called straight pride movement and where they were just totally fucking angry that people were out and loud and proud and all of that and uh you know, when it just becomes a normalized thing, that just that's another reason to be fucking angry. You know, sure, yeah, the, yeah. The point yeah. of it is that they're going to be angry no matter what happens, and it's their fucking their it's their issues. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. It's it's very weird, and and it is funny to think about this guy getting mad at a cartoon. You know, yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, if you if you. Fill your children with hateful thoughts every single day. They will look at that happening on the TV and judge them appropriately, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing parenting correctly, then a TV show shouldn't brainwash your kid from the hateful fucking bile that you want them to believe, you know? Right. And, And, you know, somebody in the chat is actually saying this, and it is, they're exactly fucking right, that, like... We thought abortion was like a solid institution that was one and everything I, was done. I and didn't, man. They were always mean, are going. They go after it every fucking year. I mean, I guess. Right. But I we're did. talking about gay marriage as a thing now, too, where it's like right now we think that that's a that feels like a rock solid institution we won the fight's over we won you know it's great everything's done well we won the other one and now it's going away in alabama it's pretty much illegal and it's not i understand that it's unenforceable and a few things like that but the fact is the right is under attack and it's a thing that's going to go to the supreme court and the supreme court will overturn because yeah and you're right. In, in, in the in the new in the age of bully politics, you know they know that it, how badly it would piss us off to like reverse something. How many people would be devastated, and how many lives they could ruin. So, sure, I could I can definitely see that being at risk. I mean, it's wild. It, it's like we're we're like we're on our way to the election, which means that the fight becomes ten times harder because and, they're trying to impress their base. And, and how many like cowardly. Democrats, how like who's coming out and saying shit about it? Like, does anybody care about it? They don't want to. They're worried that that some conservative won't vote for them if they announce that they're pro-choice. Yeah, well, I think a lot of them have. Like Elizabeth Warren came out and said some shit okay. today. Bernie Sanders came out and said some okay. shit today. I think all the I don't pay attention that, to like it. a lot of the Democrats. Nancy Pelosi did recently. I have this story in here right here. That I I actually got together because I was I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Alabama law, 
Um, and this is from May 2nd, 2017. Uh, 2017. And uh, the Democratic Party should not impose support for abortion rights as a litmus test on its candidates, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi of California said Tuesday, mm-hmm. because it needs a broad and inclusive agenda to win back the socially conservative voters who helped elect President Trump. And uh, that's interesting. This is from 2017. This is from two years ago. And now looking at what's happening today, it's like, well, maybe that wasn't the best tactic. Yeah, it was a bad tactic. And it fucked it. It. it it, it's fucked. We're fucked. It's fucked. I mean, I, who knows in the end, in the long run, what's going to end up happening? But we do know that that Supreme Court is packed with conservative judges. Yeah, yeah. that's what we fucking. Know. They're set up for a grand slam. It's going to take some betrayal on their part. You know, right? And they're so good at not betraying each other. I mean, yeah. unless it's the Nazi guys who are all fucking each other's wives and stuff like that. You, yeah. you know, you see a story about that like every two or three weeks. Yeah. It's like leader of Identity Europa was fucking the leader of the clan's wife, and now <laughs> yeah. they hate each other and they want to kill each other. Right. <laughs> Let's do one last thing and get out of here. Again, we're. I mean. You know, donate to your local Planned Parenthood, escort people, do everything you possibly can. Because in Alabama, we're going to be in Alabama in a, in a yeah few in a, in a two. We haven't announced it yet, but we're going to be there and uh, love to meet some people that are on the front lines of this fight. Yeah. Maybe interview maybe we'll them do or something. Some abortion fundraising, probably. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because that's a big show too, and the ticket prices are going to be. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it later. We're doing a big thing in Alabama in July or August. I don't know. Let's. I saw this. I'm going to end this show with something a little bit. I, I I think that this story is like sort of tailor made for Street Fight. It's a sports story, <laughs> and, okay. uh, but it's we we got about five minutes left. The Detroit Tigers fan who corralled the home run baseball that cemented Albert Pujols' 2,000th career RBI on Thursday made headlines when he refused to hand the historic ball over to Major League Baseball. Yeah. And on Friday night, he took to Facebook to detail his experiences with the media, Comerica Park, and Tigers. Yeah! <laughs> One of us. One of You don't get to keep the ball if you catch it? Well, was... Eli Hydes made a national headlines on Thursday when he chose to keep the ball despite generous efforts from both the Tigers and the Angels, even though MLB would not authenticate the ball once he left the park. Okay. The ball's right here on my coffee table, Hydes wrote in a Facebook post on Friday. Uh, Hydes, 33, said he considered it an honor to catch the ball and tried to act all day with the honor I thought it obligated me to. Yes. Such a street fight guy. His life was changed, dude. (laughs) Well, here's what happened. He got got like a fucking miracle. Yeah. uh, Here's the deal, though. Uh, they oh, offered no. him money. Okay. They offered him $5,000 as he, so the, the security guards were dicks and they were like, give us the fucking ball. He's like, I ain't giving you a yeah. ball. You know he, what I mean? He catches the ball. They run up and they're like, all right, cough it up. This is a historic ball. It's Albert Pujols 2000th RBI. Okay. We want this ball. Can you get us the ball? No, I'm not giving you the fucking Yeah, ball. I just caught this ball. And they were pulling, like, what, you know, security will do this sometimes. They'll pull a, like, hey, you know, you have to give this to me. Yeah. And you're like, no. You- just cut it out. <laughs> you're going to have to give it to me either way. Yeah. You want to do it the hard way or the easy way. Yeah. And they, they don't have power to make you do anything, but they will. That's the first tactic. And that's yeah. what they tried. They're like, give us a fucking ball. And he was like, ah. You know, I I'd like to keep the ball. Yeah, you know, I like the ball. And uh, I've actually I was like doing a prayer before this fucking 
game, and this is a sign. He also agreed to give it to Albert Pujols for free if he just went out and had drinks with him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Well, would you take that? But Albert Pujols is a carny. He's the best. Because he was like, I I don't want the ball. He should have it. It's like he's a fan. He caught the ball. Oh, really? He's like, I don't give a fuck about that ball. It's just another ball. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Something about... I mean, would I do it with a Street Fight listener? Hell yeah. Would I do it as an athlete? No. No, no I wouldn't That go person's no. going to stab you. Yeah. After generous offers of both angels and tigers. No, they may be, they're just going to tell you bad stories. <laughs> well. They're just going to tell you about like when they used to play in Little League and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they might also. I was the like, worst. They might. You know what they might do, though? And Street Fight fans will sometimes do this, too. Oh, boy. One time I was so mad at you. I just... I, uh, I wanted to like choke you and strangle you until you died from it, but now I respect you. Because yeah, you said things that I like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, you know, just it, you just realize it can switch real fast. <laughs> so uh, they said after Jen, so he they were offering him autograph memorabilia okay, and a okay. meet and greet with Albert Pujols. They're like, okay. ah, we'll give you this stuff. And he was like, ah, you know. He wanted to crack a cold one with him. He wanted like a a beer garita or something. Right. But he just, I think he wanted the ball. He deserved yeah, the Yeah, I mean, he got the ball. I mean, that's ultimately why we're here. Every, you know what? I one time remember um, an ex-girlfriend's uncle caught a ball at a game. And he was like one of those old men that goes to a lot of baseball games. And that brings a baseball glove, keeps it in his back pocket or in his cargo shorts, and the motherfucker caught it, and he was ecstatic. Like, yeah, you go to those. I would, I would freeze. Still, if I caught any ball, it's mine. I'm gonna go just put it in my sock drawer. It'll roll around. <laughs> it was my one special moment. I pulled a fucking homer out of the sky. Right, and so he's like, "Can I process this?" That's what he said. Oh, yeah, that makes park. sense. Like, hey. let me fucking breathe. Yeah, give me fucking two seconds. Uh, now, I, now I feel like I need to get a lawyer. Yeah, I have this history ball, and you're fucking trying to get it from me. Yeah. You're offering me your strong army. shit. You yeah. know what you're telling me? And so he goes, he goes, I'm trying to process this. This is what they tell him. Uh, he said he needed to think about this and process what happened and was told that if he walked away, Major League Baseball couldn't authenticate the ball. And when you walk out of the park, the ball's worth nothing. So think about that. <laughs> so then they, they pull that out. There's video, though. Yeah. and I There's mean, evidence. There's now 50 news stories yeah. about the ball, too. So yeah. the ball is the ball. We know this the This is the ball. real ball. We know the guy and we know, we know the fucking ball. One guy has the ball. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, they authenticated. They already authenticated the fuck out of that thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they gave him a hard time, and then they offered him five thousand dollars, and then uh, they offered him ten thousand dollars. Okay, and then he was just like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep the ball." And then he left. You think that about, was- think about it. <laughs> think about that feeling, dude. Did he barehanded or did he do a hat move? Uh, there, I think he, I don't think he was wearing a glove, but I'm telling you those like romantic, like people that, that read those, uh, like books about baseball and listen to it on the radio and shit and bring like a glove. (laughs) 
<laughs> they deserve the fucking. They deserve it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the, the fact that security came and tried to strong arm, I'm like, fuck that, man. Don't. Well, I can imagine that being like a really erratic situation. All of a sudden, it's like your life changed. It's like you caught. Now you're in trouble or something. It's like you stole something. It's like that belongs to us, actually. As a the ma- Major League Baseball uh, incorporates incorporated owns all uh, property of the game. So yeah. you know we we create the history. We're responsible Football. for that. So you're you're just here as like you know you're you're doing your gig as like an audience member, but we control and own the history and the. I, I think they take the you footballs back. You don't own back. the fucking ball? Yeah, I think they take the footballs back. No. I believe they do. If the football goes up in the stands, I think oh, they yeah. come and get it and take it back. No, the only reason to go to the game is you might get a free NFL football, man. Yeah, no, that's not it. Because I don't think you're allowed to have the football. I don't. I, I Baseball is a it's like a classic rule that you're allowed to keep the baseball. But in football, that's a no-no. Like, oh, no, no. They get the football and they take it back. And, oh, and like offering the guy 10K and then being like, I ain't worth shit once you leave. It's yeah. like, I hope he gets a fucking $100,000 for that thing. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is unfortunately seems like a guy that's probably going to get put in a case and then wear it as a necklace. Yeah, I would. I mean, now he's famous. For the ball. So it's good. This whole thing went well for this guy. It just, I thought it was funny that he was like, I ain't giving you this ball. Yeah. <laughs> like any one of our listeners would have definitely been like, you're no, no, I wouldn't have either. No, immediately these people are like, we really want that. And it was like, well, wait, it's mine though. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to say care. no. Yeah, I guess. No, <laughs> nope. Even if you don't care about baseball, yeah. if they start offering you shit for the ball, you got to <laughs> just start thinking like, Maybe I'm going to keep the ball. Yeah. <laughs> this is your first offer. This is a pretty desperate <laughs> offer. And you're trying to bully me into it. Oh, what are they going to fucking do with the ball? I don't know. They're probably going to... Are they going to put it on like MLB.com and sell it? Do they put... Do they have a Hall of Fame? They probably want to put it in like the Angels Hall of Fame or something like... Fuck it. It's better to be in a fan's hands. I'd rather it be in a fan's hands. A guy that loves baseball. Let him have it. Yeah, you pay for a ticket, dude. You pay for a ticket and something like and that's like fucking if you paid for a ticket and the drummer threw the drumstick out and then you caught the drumstick and then the drummer was like, "Give me that drumstick back." Right? They're like, "Oh, technically, you know, that that, technically you can't take that. That's that we we own it. It's just part of the act to throw it." (laughs) No, that's not how it works. You don't throw shit in the audience if you don't want them to have it. Yeah. And baseballs are things being thrown into the audience. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. This is a historic ball. And again, Albert Pujols, you're my hero. He just said, I don't give a shit. He's like, I don't know. This is a baseball. You know, I can imagine. I hope, I mean, most baseball players wouldn't care. I don't think they would. I don't think they're marks like that. Yeah, they get, they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's like, Guys at fucking flea markets and like outlet malls, like meeting up on the weekends, you know, to buy and s- to sell memorabilia shit, you know. Yeah, it's that. That's like I don't job. know where is the big time memorabilia. That's Albert. On, it's online. not worth shit anymore. There's actually a doc on thing on uh, Amazon right now or Netflix, one of the two, about how baseball cards are worthless now. Oh really? <laughs> I'm gonna watch it soon. I'm very excited to see it. 
I would like to check it out. Yeah, well, that well, it's it's from a guy that collected a bunch of them that are worth something, and then he's like, "We were promised these were going to be worth something." And uh, now he's like, yeah, these are because you think when you're a kid that it's like a immediately like, transfer. Like, oh, I looked up this this fucking Jose Canseco in the Beckett, and it says it's worth two hundred dollars. Yeah, the Beckett says that, but actually, if you know, if nobody's willing to give you two hundred fucking dollars for it, it's not worth anything. And you know, <laughs> the only person that's willing to buy it from me also has the Beckett. He wants to sell it for two hundred dollars, yes. so he's going to buy it from you for eighty. Because when he puts two hundred dollars on it, someone's going to say they'll give him one hundred and fifty for it. Right? We tried that a lot growing up. Me and Jason and our friends would would have a bunch of baseball cards, and and we would have some that were twenty dollars, and we would try to go get cigarettes or or like drugs with a uh with a baseball card we would yeah. take it to the sports card place and try to trade it in so that then we could go out and buy whatever it is we were trying to buy that was my first hustle too we used to go and just steal baseball cards and then sell them to get cash well they didn't offer anything for them though they were paying like uh, we i got think they money. would be like well 50 of mint is is what we'll give you or something like that and it's like Ah, damn, man, this thing's worth eighteen dollars, and they're like, "Nah, it's eight. <laughs> we're right, gonna right. give you eight for it." And it's right. like that's. I learned very quickly that like uh, the only uh, things are only worth what somebody's willing to give you for. Exactly. <laughs> that's what my dad told me too. Yeah. He used to tell me that all the time. Yeah, he was. He actually did have some good wisdom on that. He said he was like, "You should pay a lot of money for the cards." That really make you happy and like are, you know, are really cool to have and you want to show off in your collection. And he's like, otherwise, the shit you're hanging on to that you don't care about that you think is worth something is not doing you any good, you yeah. know, and it's only worth what someone will fucking pay you for. It bums me out because I had a hope. Allen's. Remember Allen's in fucking Westerville? I, I used to go huge. to Southeast Sports Cards. It was in my neighborhood. I had a uh, I had a card, my favorite baseball card. Before we get out of here, I'll tell you, I had two favorite ones, but my favorite one was a Jose Canseco Dream Team card. And uh, he was shirtless and he was wearing jeans and he had the baseball <laughs> or he had the bat on his shoulders with his hands like like leaned over and he looked like a goddamn hunk. And I got that Who? card, Jose Canseco Dream Team. And he, it was black and white, shirtless and jeans, holding the thing up. And it was the coolest card ever. And I got it. And all my friends were jealous. And then Jason got a Kirby Puckett dream team that was tight. He was just this huge fucking guy. But we ended up selling them and getting like half of yeah what they were worth. And yeah. it, like really that it was, was a fun the, time. That was when like the comic that's why i never collected comic books that's why i i, I just stopped collecting at that point yeah i, I mean, didn't see any reason for it. honestly by the time we got into it it was blown out i mean the 90s they just overproduced everything fake limited editions you know special edition dvds toys all of it comic books that are not scarce at all that's why like, you look at these funko the, pop guys and you're like wasting right. your time it's, <laughs> yeah it's like yeah exactly but you, street fight zines will probably be worth a lot of money could be worth you know a lot of money because only 300 people you know got the first fucking you know issue yeah. it's not like it's not like when the silver surfer comes out and they make 1500 limited edition lithographs for them, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah. they make it in four different colorways. So there's actually like 9,000 fucking special editions that, and that's like the, the, uh, 
Yeah. When somebody says you got to do Yu-Gi-Oh or something, I'll, I'll let you guys know right now. Guys, gals, non-binary, non-binary pa- pals. I know a world champion Yu-Gi-Oh player personally wow. as a friend. Whoa. Yeah. Who? Uh, his name's Kevin. And uh, he hosts the Bad Wrestling Podcast, which I was just on. Okay. He travels the country and plays Yu-Gi-Oh! And he's nationally ranked. How much money is he getting? Is he, I, like, is he like getting per- purses? Like <laughs> He is making money doing it, yes. I, I don't know. He, that's not the main reason he's doing it. But, he's yeah, he's making pretty good money doing Yu-Gi-Oh! But he has like a really good job anyway. Oh, this guy, anyway. He's, this but is Kevin, the... You know it. You've met him. You Kevin spoke with him. He's been on the show. Do Yarvish. Uh, oh, I can't. I, I know Dar Darwin Coy is his name on Twitter now, but yeah, he he hosts the Bad Wrestling Podcast. I just did his show, so it was very good. But yeah, he's a nationally ranked Yu Gi Oh player. Wow, <laughs> probably living the best life ever. Well, I guess yes. I know a Yu Gi Oh a, a national. I'd pro- I Jason's See, probably is- pretty ranked up. Jason could be there with Magic. You're looking at a fucking real magic card expert over here. I've seen this motherfucker carrying around. I've seen this motherfucker have a trash bag of magic See, cards. See, yeah. When you have a kid, though, man, you trade in your ability to do fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. I can't do the, the right amount of Yu-Gi-Oh training. I want to travel. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's he just, he just got back from Chicago. He's doing another trip out for another Yu-Gi-Oh tournament soon. So... I can get him on the show if you want to talk yeah. to him about Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would Maybe do we should it. go down that route. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Gave you a little longer show because uh, no no call-in show for two weeks. Yeah. Sorry um, about that. We, we'll have third shows for you. Uh, I think it'll be either Jamie Peck or John Cullen coming out next week. Uh, of course, if you're in the Southwest, uh, Phoenix, uh albuquerque las vegas or denver if you're out there you can see us yeah and uh very soon yeah oh jason you uh magic the gathering rules jason is even cooler now so you're now even they've added some jason cannon to the show and now at some point they're going to be like he's a lot cooler than brett and brian (laughs) yeah you went from frosty to ice cold yeah um so we're going I'm going to go see Mastodon and Cohen and Cambria the day we get back from the Southwest tour on Wednesday, the 29th. We normally do a show every Wednesday, every Sunday, unless we're on the road. We're going to do a show on Thursday, the 30th. I don't know if we could maybe, I don't know if we can make it a special thing or not, no, but there. <laughs> here's the thing. It's going to be a regular basement show, but uh, you're looking at, here in a month, you're looking at three weeks of six special shows. Ooh. When we go on vacation, there will be six special shows during that. Sure. They, they, that's all the special shows they deserve. Yeah. Really. They'll be, they'll be fine. And I deserve the time off. So. so we're coming back on the 30th, and then from there, it'll be our normal thing until we got... Uh, well, should we get tell... Kentucky's happening, right? Yeah, we're going to be in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't have the info, but the Trillbillies are going to be with us. It's Street Fight X Trillbillies together. June 14th, Friday. June 14th, yep. Yeah, one night only. Uh, Father's Day weekend. So I think I'm going to do my most fatherly outfit possible. I uh, have a really big one planned for this. I think it'll be good. I'm going to have to do it to them. Uh, Let's just say it like this, too, to really wet people's beak. This is the first... Street Fight Trillbilly show. That's how we'll that's how we'll phrase it. 
It's in Louisville on June 14th, the first Street Fight Trillbilly show. That indicates something, by the way, that I decided to say that. Okay, <laughs> yes. Yes, your cryptic messaging. I love doing it. It feels good. I want people to know. It, it, the truth is, it, I don't want to be cryptic, but I can tell you for that I'm very excited about what is happening, and it's hard to keep it secret, and it sucks that we have to keep it secret. Yeah, um, and so if you want to support the show and make sure that Brian doesn't have to offer to wash himself in other people's dirty-ass bath water for money, uh, please consider a subscription where you can just watch. You can see his creative writing and uh, his output uh, and thoughts on the world, which is a much better way and a much better activity to to uh, you know enthusiastically support. Head over to Patreon.com. Seriously. You don't even have to pay to sign up. You promise to pay. You're doing a fucking promise to pay. We know about Street Fighters. We know you know about promise to pays. You sign up. You will not get charged until the first of the month. Like I said, just count it like part of your rent, like $5 a month extra on rent. And you get access to the entire back catalog of over almost two dozen zines now. Um, Over two dozen uh, undercover boss uh, Gordon Ramsay shows, uh, Forge and Fire, the Fire Festival documentary, all of that, was vi- all of those videos available, and then bonus shows for over a year and a half now. So there is a lot of uh, stuff to get into on the Patreon page, and even if you don't have it, you can't do anything right now. Go sign up for the email updates. I'm do like a free, uh email update every friday with the stuff that i've enjoyed during the week podcasts i listen to books i've read good advice i've followed so uh it's called the high five friday and if you go over to patreon.com and just sign up for updates that's also when you'll you'll get notified first about tour information and when we're where we're coming next uh we're heading down south and uh hopefully out west again and uh, from there, we'll see. Working on getting passports still so Canada could happen at some point. Thank you for supporting what we do and uh, listening to Brian talk about being a kid <laughs> and working through the issues and uh, so, and being here every single week. We're Street Fight. Peace. <laughs>